right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the A to Z podcast. We have a very special guest here tonight. My father is joining us, and we're going to be talking about some James Bond stuff. We got the new film No Time to Die coming out here in a few weeks on October the 8th, and it is the 25th James Bond movie. So we're going to be going over the and the final one for Daniel Craig. So as he goes out, we're going to discuss some favorite lists, uh, go through our top five Bond theme songs, top five Bond movies. Uh, I think Dad's even going to talk a little bit about the books, and uh, we'll have a couple other things. So how you doing, Dad? Just fine. Good. How long have you been a Bond fan? It goes back quite a ways, doesn't it? Since the first movie I saw, Dr. No, in 1962. And you watched that with... Grandma and Grandpa? Or was that on a date or something? It was actually a double feature at the Jerseyville show building. Dr. No was first and then from Russia with Love. Oh, really? Right. Nice. And just a fan immediately. Were you a Sean Connery fan before that? And did you know much about him? No, I didn't know that much about him. But I became one after watching him play James Bond. He was a good actor in other movies besides Bond features. I watched him in The Untouchables where he won his Academy Award. And I watched him in The Hunt for Red October. Nice. Alright, well we're just going to jump right in here. You want to go with songs first or you want to go with films first? It doesn't matter to me. Okay. Might as well go with songs again. Yeah, that's the first one I had written down. So, we'll go with top five songs. Start number five, work your way up to number one. So, okay. if you want to go ahead and go first since you're the guest, your number five song? Goldfinger by Shirley Bassey. Ooh, okay. I kind of thought that might be higher for you. I know you're a big fan of that one. She also sang two other Bond movie songs, uh, Moonraker and... Diamonds are forever. So she actually was the singer in three of them. Oh wow! Is that most? No, probably that easily most for anybody, isn't it? Yeah, that's the most. Okay. All right. Number five for me was uh, "A View to a Kill" by Duran Duran. That just got a real good beat to it. I like that a lot. Like I told you earlier, it was the first song to become number one on the Billboard Dang. Top 100. Duran Duran was a big band back at the time. Right. What is that? 88, 89? They were big in the 80s. It was the early 80s, actually. Oh, okay. They, they, were, they were popular. They actually didn't do the theme song until the late 80s. Oh, okay. That was Roger Moore's last, last venue. Last oh, chance. before it went to Dalton? Mm-hmm. Okay. My number four song was Live and Let Die by Paul McCartney and the Wings. Nice. Another real good one. One of the first real rock songs, wasn't it? Right. Yeah, so a lot of the other themes were kind of... Yeah, they were just slower. And ballads and... yeah. Right. He supposedly did it in two hours and 39 minutes. He wrote it in... The... <laughs> 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 yeah. What was your number four? Uh, my number four was For Your Eyes Only. Uh, Sheena Easton. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. She's a great singer. Oh, yeah. I just... That's the main thing about it. I just really love the voice. Mm-hmm. The lyrics are kind of, you know, take, hit or take, but uh, right. I, I really just like her voice a lot. And I do too. She gets some good notes in that one. Yep. Number three, I got Nobody Does It Better, Carly Simon. Ooh, nice. Another really good one for Songstress. She really belts it out there. Mm-hmm. She had a lot of success with records, too. Did she? You're So Vain. That was a huge song. Oh, okay. Number one for about three or four weeks. And My number three, you just mentioned it, was Live and Let Die. <laughs> okay. I like it a lot. I even really like the Guns N' Roses did a cover of it. I don't know if you've ever heard that song. No, I haven't. They did a, a version of it, I think. 
That was probably early 90s, like 90, 91, 92 maybe. It's, it's a really good song. Just those guitars wailing in there. It's really cool. Before we go on, I think we should probably let our fan base know out there that we did not get together before we made oh, yeah. the release of this because my number two song is a view to a kill. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, obviously we have a similar taste here. Yeah. Um, because it's yeah gonna be a little ironic. My number two is Goldfinger. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to throw it out there. It's just so iconic, you know, just yeah. the way that she just holds that final note. Oh yeah, she sang it at the, the Academy Awards for their 50th anniversary or whatever. Mm -hmm. it sounded just like she sang it back in the 60s. <laughs> the people gave her a standing ovation. They just couldn't believe it that her voice was still that strong. Yeah. And my number one song is For Your Eyes Only. Is it really? Oh, I love Sheen Easton. <laughs> okay. That's going to get even better because my number one is Nobody Does It Better. <laughs> we had the exact same top five, just different orders. Yep. Isn't that crazy? Of 26 yeah. different ones, we ended up the same. No kidding. Yeah. Gosh. I don't know. That's hard to believe. I can't hardly believe it myself. I know. Man. <laughs> We'll see if maybe the movies will do the same thing. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Surely not. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's a couple of their honorable mentions. Uh, I really like the the Chris Cornell song that he sang for Casino Royale. Mm -hmm. I'm a big Chris Cornell fan also. That one was really close to me, but I ended up cutting it off. I just I haven't really heard it as much, you know, on its own. But right. a lot of these others, like, I've, I've listened to them on their own. Yeah. They're, they're just iconic to me. I one that was just outside the top five was Skyfall by Adele. Oh, okay. So you went with one of the newer ones, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Just something about the newer songs. It's just, you know, you can't really rank think. them up there in that high. Just, no. yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll go ahead and take a slight break here. I'll take a pause. You said you wrote down your uh, book recommendations also, right? Right. So, yeah, if you want to talk about the, uh, your book collection for that, too. Yeah, I mean, it might be interesting for people to know that I've got all the books when they originally came out. They were only 50 cents for the paperback books Dang. for the first 12. Uh, you Only Live Twice cost 60 cents. That was the 12th edition. And then the, the last one, The Man with the Golden Gun, he didn't put it out in paperback. He just put it out in hardcover only. Oh, really? And it was six ninety nine. Oh, for the hardcover? <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, you know, and he never wrote anymore after that one. He must have known he was not... In good health, or either he got is tired of doing it or something. I don't know exactly. Sure, yeah. But I I did rate the books in the order in which I enjoyed them. Uh, starting from number five is Doctor No. Okay. And was that also his first book? I know it was the first movie. It was the first movie, but it wasn't the first book. Oh, Cedar okay. Royale was the first book. Oh really? Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, number four is You Only Live Twice. Three is Live and Let Die. Two is Casino Royale. And number one is Goldfinger. It was just really, really great all the way around. Nice. Now, I know you said a lot of the books are somewhat different than the movies that oh, yeah. came after them. Mm -hmm. uh, are there any particular that really stand out to you as being vastly different? Yeah, The, the Spy Who Loved Me was totally different. Oh, really? Yeah. It actually was uh, four or five short stories. That was the only one 
of the, all the books he wrote. That was the only one that was sub, you know, had short stories rather than one long, hmm. continuous story. Okay. So I don't really, they, they took bits and pieces from a couple of them, and the rest of it, they just came up with it on their own. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then how, how long would you say the book are? Are they they're pretty short reads, aren't they? Oh, yeah. You can't. There's a, some of them, you just, those that I just lived, you can't hardly put them down. You just, you just start with them and you just read them to finish. Yeah. And they're about 150, 160 pages. Oh, okay. Yeah. Real quick then. Yeah. Yeah. And they came out quickly too, right? He did like one a year, one or two a year, right? Oh, yeah. He was like almost Stephen King level with that. Right. He was, he had like a home and he stayed on this island and he, nobody interrupted him or anything. He just rode away, you know, and, you know. Kind of similar, I guess, to what some of these great writers do, like Stephen King. And yeah. Yeah, I remember you let me read some of them whenever I was uh, either junior high or high school. It's been a long time ago, but yeah, I didn't really remember much about the, the books themselves since I, it's yeah. been so long since I read them, so I'd, I neglected to do any kind of a top five for those, but I might have to see if I can borrow those again sometime and read oh, through yeah. them again. I still have them. They're in that condition. Nice. Because you know, I didn't abuse them and I didn't loan them out to yeah. anybody greed or anything let them get their own <laughs> <laughs> well it's tough nowadays i'm pretty sure they're out of print you can't find them so. oh yeah right exactly with that we'll go ahead and transition into our top five james bond films since you're the guest if you'd like to go first again with number five for that okay number five make sure i got the right list here yeah number five is uh, tomorrow never dies Really? Okay. Yeah, I really like that movie. Going to one of the Brosnan ones, huh? Mm-hmm. He actually did a pretty decent job. Yeah, and he would have been Bond earlier, except he was under contract to do Remington Steel. Yeah, through CBS. Right. That was the one with the uh, the media conglomeration, right? Mm-hmm. Where he's trying to right. be right. the first one to cover the news story. And, right. He, yeah. That villain was really good in that. that that's what was the, one of the main things about it. He, Plus the technology and everything. I mean, mm-hmm. That's a big thing on my list, too. I'm a big fan of the big villains, as you'll notice as we go through it. So, uh, number five for me was Goldfinger. It's it's a wacky plot. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, but the yeah. villains are just so over the top. It just oh, yeah. makes it so great. Yeah, that Gerd Frobe was just yeah. unworthy. Mm-hmm. For odd job. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> that smile on his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's, yeah. a, it's a classic. It sure is. My number four is You Only Live Twice. Oh, okay. So it made your books and it made your mm-hmm. it uh, movie. It was a really good book and it was a really good movie. And it mentioned what You Only Live Twice is, what it means. Fleming put it in there. You live twice. Once when you're born and once when you have death in the face. <laughs> it's a little grim, but yeah, probably accurate. <laughs> yeah, it is for him, yeah. Like you said, the villain in that was really good, too, because that one he hated, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the first Blofeld, wasn't it, in yeah. the movies? Right, he did. Well, yeah, it really was. He's mentioned, like, in a couple others, but he's not shown as... Yeah, he's just the, the secret head of Spectre or whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. Number four for me is The Man with the Golden Gun. Okay. I always thought that one was really cool, especially with the, the mirror maze, you know, that he always lured people down there to take mm-hmm. him out. Mm-hmm. And then just the way that Bond gets the, the drop on him by dressing up as one of the mannequins at the end to yeah. take him down, you know. Right. But it was really cool mythology. I like the fact that you, you know, like 
James doesn't know who he's really after until almost halfway through the movie. Because nobody's ever seen, you know, Scaramanga. Yeah. He's got his little helper. Yeah, a little knick-knack. <laughs> <laughs> he almost got him at the end, too. Knick-knack was one of the... Yeah. He was up there. Yeah, they, they <laughs> put him in a bag yeah. <laughs> on the <a> boat. <laughs> <laughs> I always hoping he would come back, you know. Because there's a couple of the other like minor villains that came back, you know, like Jaws and stuff like that. So I, I was always hoping Nick Knack would come back. Number three was A View to a Kill. Oh, okay. I really enjoyed that. There again, I like the villain, you know. Mm-hmm. That guy always plays a nasty villain in all the movies he's in, it seems like. I don't know. I don't ever remember seeing him in a movie where he's a good guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was an interesting concept where this guy gave these people extraordinary serum, you know, and it turned them into almost like robots. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that one's cool too with Grace Jones and that one. Oh, yeah. She did stellar performance. Mm-hmm. Gave him his money's worth in that fight for sure towards oh, the end. Yeah. She beat the crap out of him. Yeah. <laughs> he was getting pretty old at that point too, wasn't oh. he? Oh yeah, Roger Moore is getting old. That was his, like I said, that was his last movie. Yeah. So with James Bond, he, he almost didn't make that one, but he liked he liked the script, so he decided to do it. Okay. Uh, number three for me was Skyfall. Okay. I thought it was just really neat how they built up. They've done the uh, you know XMI six agent coming back for revenge a couple times. You know, most famously I think in Goldeneye was the big one for that. But with this one, it just seemed a little more twisted because it wasn't just that he was, you know, mad at the agency itself. He just had that personal vendetta against him, you know, <laughs> and just really wanted to take her down, discredit her and take her out. So it's just really cool. And then that was just so great by Javier Bardem. He's a very fantastic actor. I've really enjoyed his career. And once I saw he was going to be cast as a Bond villain, that ramped up my excitement a lot. And then I love the end of that film, too, where they go to James's old childhood home and then... Right. It turns into almost like a home alone, you know, he's setting traps for all of them and yeah. just basically becomes a one man army <laughs> trying to hold off all the all the people coming to swarm the castle. It's one thing about all the movies and even the books, there's not much repetition. Yeah. It's all different concepts, you know, I mean mm-hmm. it's fresh. Yeah, my number two is Thunderball. Ooh, okay. I really liked Adolfo Celli as the, the villain, Largo. Mm-hmm. And uh the only part of it was kind of bogged down is when they were trying to put the two bombs from the, the actual plane into the caves underwater. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was kind of a drag. That took about like 20 minutes. They could, they could have <laughs> cut that whole part out and mm-hmm. just, just told you that they put them in there. And it would have been a lot better. <laughs> but the rest of it was really good. I mean, and the, the gal, the Bond girl, was wonderful. They played Domino. <laughs> Sharp-looking girl. I like the way it ended and everything. Who was your number two? My number two was Diamonds Are Forever. Mm-hmm. That one really, really stuck with me. It just has a lot of really fun sequences. It never really stops. It's a lot of real action-packed in that one. You know, you go from yeah. set piece to set piece, and I just love how like he keeps thinking that he got Blofeld beat, and it's never him. It's always one of these clones or the yeah. people that are not clones, but people who had this surgery to look like him. Right. And. Uh, yeah, he just—it yeah. seems like he's always one step ahead of James, and that's—and that's crazy. And then we've talked a lot throughout my life. I, we, I just love that Winton kid so much. 
They're, they're cool assassins. Oh, yeah. Oh, Mr. Wimp. Yes, Mr. Q. <laughs> if man was supposed to fly, he would have given, given him wings. <laughs> yeah. They're just so unassuming, you know? You would never think of them as deadly assassins if you saw them walking down the street. No, they But they take out, what, six or seven people in oh, that movie? Yeah. Kill that old lady over there. <laughs> Such as not. She didn't want to take pictures for the children. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good movie. There's no doubt about it. Well, my one, number one, is pretty obvious. It's Goldfinger. Yeah. I just was mesmerized by that movie and the book. And uh, they did such an excellent job on both. It just garners my number one rating. Yes. Number one overall for me was Casino Royale, the 2006 version with Daniel Craig, not the, the spoof movie. Yeah, spoof movie with David Niven. It's yeah. James Bond. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't even count that as really part of the canon. Well, so. it's not just yeah. counted. It's not, a, it's not under the initial official James Bond seal. Yeah. So, therefore, it's. I mean, it's not done by Broccoli and right. Salzman. Yeah, I think they did, they did such a great job of bringing Bond into the modern era, you know? Just that very opening sequence where they got the, the chase through the construction site and they're doing the parkour, climbing on the sides of buildings and right. jumping from skyscraper to skyscraper, just yeah. completely action-packed and just luring you right into it. Exactly. And then, yeah, just Craig did such a good job. And then Mads Mikkelsen is the villain in that one. Le Chief. He just such a, a creepy dude. Later went on to become Hannibal Lecter in the Hannibal TV show. Mm. Where he was also equally creepy. But yeah, this that was the, the first time I had seen him in anything and he just really blew me away. I couldn't take my eyes off the screen once he was on there. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, like uh, Eva Green as the the titular Bond girl in that one, Vesper. I thought she did a great job. Really got a lot of emotional attachment between their relationship, you know. Usually a, a James Bond relationship is kind of very uh, no. <laughs> top level. You know, you don't really dig very deep into any kind of emotion. No. But that one, you really, you really cared for her. And it's just heartbreaking when she does the double cross on him at the end. And it sticks with him, too. Like, and carries over into the next two or three movies. He's trying to get revenge on the people that killed her. So I did notice that neither one of us picked Lazen B. Or Dalton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and really, to be fair, Lazenby didn't do that bad a job. Yeah. I didn't think. I mean, yeah, I haven't watched that one again in a while, but I, I remember liking it more than I thought I would. Yeah. You know, just from everybody crapping on him all the time. Right. I mean, it, see, he had to follow the legend. That's hard to follow the main guy mm -hmm. in any genre. I mean, not just James Bond. I mean, yeah. It doesn't work very good. Yeah. And they famously, they'd marry him off in that one, too. A lot of people thought that Bond should have never been married, so they hated that fact of it, too. But, right. but once again, that adds in the cool revenge factor, you know. Yeah, and killed him. Yeah. Killed her, rather. Right. Yeah. I wrote down, like, Sean Connery did seven movies as James Bond. Basically, okay. he did one. Timothy Dalton did, did, Timothy Dalton did two, but before that, Roger Moore did seven. And then... Pierce Brosnan did four, and Daniel Craig, this is his fifth. Nice. And heads up for the 26. Mm -hmm. I think he did it the longest, though, didn't he? Uh, as far as the years? Yeah. Mean, yeah. Right. Yeah, because Casino Royale was 06. Yeah. Now it's 2021, he's still... Right. I mean, technically, it should have been a 2020 movie, but... Because Connery, he started with Dr. No in 62, and mm -hmm. 71 was Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah. And then Moore started in 73 and went to 
84. Okay. 84-85. Thanks for sitting in with me today. Yeah, I hope you had fun. Talking about one of my favorite subjects. Yeah. yeah. We'll try and get you on here again soon. As a but side note, I did list the three movies that I didn't care as much far as I did the rest. Oh, okay. And get a little bottom action here too, huh? Yeah, <laughs> bottom <laughs> action. Here. Number three was uh, Moonraker. Hmm. I just... I think it was too long. I lost interest in it. Yeah. Another one that gets kind of boring, too. Yeah. Yeah, Jaws was good in it. I mean, everything. But then he ended up being a lover boy. Yeah. (laughs) He (laughs) fell for the other girl with all his teeth. Number two was Octopussy. I just just never did. That's honestly one I don't think I've watched. (laughs) Yeah. Unless you just have nothing else to do, you're not missing anything. And then number one, I hate to be a drag on Dalton, but I didn't like the living daylights. Yeah. It was too dark. I mean, it was so much different than the, the way the other actors played Bond. I couldn't get into it. But that's pretty much it, unless okay. you just want to go into trivia questions or something. But uh, no, we can say that for another time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll go ahead and end things here with uh, the trailer for No Time to Die to try to encourage people to head out there and check it out it comes into theaters on october the 8th have you seen the newest trailer for it no i haven't the last one? okay well there you go it'll be something exciting for you to watch there too so here's the trailer for no time to die coming out october 8th and uh thank you for joining us my pleasure all right here we go